0: All right. Welcome to another episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I'm producer Chris Cervello. I am joined by special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol and co-host Ward Carroll. Guys, we had a chance to sing second twice yesterday. Uh, we ended up uh, splitting those chances. Uh, the women pulled it out in the end uh, and won by one point. And the men had a uh, heartbreaking loss after seeming like they were going to run away with it. Let's first start with the women's game. Uh, Wags, what were your thoughts on the women uh, and their, uh, their big win yesterday there at Alumni Hall in Annapolis? Well,
1: Chris, it was a great win for Navy, and they really needed a lift beating Army on their home floor. I mean, it's been a struggle this season up and down, uh, losing record within the Patriot league. Uh, I thought Navy played really well overall, um, you know, army kind of controlled things early. It was the third quarter that really turned things around. Jennifer Coleman was rather quiet in the first half. They did an excellent job defending her. And then she just took off. She over in the third quarter, she, she took control uh They did a good thing. They kind of put her in the middle and and fed her and let her create for herself and others. But she she turned the tide of the game in the third quarter. And then, obviously, a very exciting finish. Uh, Navy's down by a point. Uh, Tim Taylor calls timeout to set up a play. We all know who's going to get the ball. And Jennifer Coleman dribbles in and looks like she has an open three. And she pulls up and takes the shot, and it's blocked. I believe it was Kate Murray, who's their six-footer, that blocked the shot. But the big play, Chris, was made by Sierra Hurtlandy, the captain. She tipped the ball back to Jen Coleman. So it was her hustle effort, getting a hand on the ball, tipped it back to Jen. Jen immediately drives to the basket. I'm thinking she's, she's going to go to the hoop, but she may. She saw... Lindsay Llewellyn wide open you know just along the baseline and did nice pocket pass dish and Llewellyn hit the big shot the game winner. Army had four seconds left they called time out and got the ball out they were able to inbound the ball from their own from their fr- own front court um but they they didn't really get a quality shot off I think Alyssa Fallon threw up some junk and then Kate Murray or somebody rebounded the ball or grabbed it out of midair, but they couldn't do anything. Great, great win for Navy. Ward was there. We taped a little uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, wrap-up of the women's game. Ward, what were your thoughts on what you saw out of the Navy women's game?
2: You just framed it right on, Wags. That's what I saw. Lindsay Llewellyn did a nice job to vindicate her misstep in the previous possession when she inadvertently just lost possession and threw it out of bounds when they had a chance to go ahead. So it worked out. There's no quit in this team. Uh, as you said, Stand-up performance by Jennifer Coleman late. Um, Sydney Watt had guts throughout. I was very impressed with the heart of this team and ultimately uh, it wasn't pretty at times. And that last score was not pretty, But they got the job done, so kudos to them for that
0: and to Coach Taylor for
2: leading his team to victory over Army. That was the highlight of the day, it turns out.
0: Yeah, it was the highlight of the day. And then I saw um, on uh, Instagram and other uh, social media platforms – you know, Coach Taylor going into the locker room and uh, both he, the women, the other coaches, I mean, everybody, just their excitement, their emotion. Uh, you, you know, what a great win for the program. What a great win for Navy fans. Um, let's shift gears to the men. That was probably one of the best first halves of basketball i've seen followed by one of the worst second halves of basketball that that i've seen it really was a tale of two halves uh, wasn't it
2: let me just put a fine point on what you just said it wasn't one of the worst second halves it was the worst second half so wags go ahead thank you for correcting me
1: well war thought yesterday as we taped the post game hit that there was the third Uh, largest blown lead by Navy, but it turns out it was the largest. And ironically, the previous largest blown lead by Navy was against Army, and they referenced that on the CBS Sports Network telecast early in the second half because I saw someone posted to social media, oh, kiss of death here. They just brought up the 25-point blown lead Army in 2017, and this surpassed it. Navy was up by 27 points in the first half. Uh, I really, it, I, I am still trying to fathom how this all went south. Navy was playing great basketball on both ends of the floor, totally suffocating army defensively. Army couldn't even run its offense. They were just a completely discombobulated, could not even get off a quality shot. And then on offense, everybody was contributing, sharing the ball, very, very decisive guys making shots. Everybody was getting into the act. It was total domination in the, in the first half, and it just totally turned around. And uh, interestingly, guys, the Army coach, Jimmy Allen, who, by the way,
0: was an assistant once upon a time at Navy under Don DeVoe, yeah. When I was there, win. Wags. Uh, yeah. I mean that, I guess that would be the only silver lining. It was, it was a familiar face. At least somebody with some Navy pedigree got to win. <laughs>
2: That's right. You're right. Chris. <laughs>
0: you know, we, we all love,
2: Jimmy we can't Allen. lose. We can't lose. Yeah.
0: Yep. He's a great
1: guy. He uh, here's an interesting little factoid. He was once sports information director, Scott Strassmeyer's roommate when uh, Jimmy was on the yep. staff. He and, <laughs> he and Stras were roommates back in the day when they were both single, but, um, yeah, Jimmy thought that things turned around at the end of the first half, and I, I did note Army had a little 7-0 run, uh, and that run was fueled by a couple of turnovers created by the press. And Navy ended up taking a 22-point lead into halftime, but that was a little positive that Army could hang its hat on. Hey, look what we could do here if we we – and they really turned it up a notch in the second half. I mean – they were pressing with a vengeance. But to me, and I think Ward agreed with this when we did our postgame hit, Navy just kind of went into cruise control mode and decided, hey, let's just salt this one away. We're up big. All we got to do is just let the clock go down and we'll win. And I saw possessions in which Navy was not, they were passing the ball around with no intent to score. They were just throwing it around, letting the clock wind down. And what happened was, they At the end of the shot clock, they're having to heave up desperation shots. And I, I here's where I, I'm not going to be critical because I'm not a coach. I'm just an observer, a seasoned observer at that, covered a lot of basketball in 32 years as a sports writer. But three possessions of what I saw offensively in the second half, and I'm calling timeout, and I'm getting into those guys and saying, attack, keep attacking. This game's not over. And it went on for eight minutes. Um Navy was still up by 22 points. That was the halftime margin. Navy was still up by 22 points just around the 11 minute mark. And over the next 8 or 9 minutes, an Army outscored Navy 32 to 7. 32 to 7. And it was obviously fueled by the turnovers. Ward called it when we did our post game hit, the first thing Ward pointed out in the box score
2: Thirty points off turnovers. Ward. Yeah, that's that's it. You you just nailed it. That stat, as we said in the post game, uh, the post post game report. And by the way, if you're a fan of the pod and you're not listening to our Insta and Twitter pre half and post game reports, you're missing out on a whole part of the narrative that um, really is fundamental to our coverage. So, please endeavor to check those out. Um, so exactly that one stat out of the box score told the tale and in the intangibles there was just something where it was interesting in your article today wags your post game article in the capital gazette that i thought in the post game that the coach was going to sort of you know fall on his sword and, and admit that he didn't put the spurs to him but he said basically and i'm paraphrasing here I didn't do anything different coaching-wise than I did in the first half. So to my eye, that's kind of throwing the team under the bus, the players under the bus. Um, And so if that's the case, then I'm just thinking that the guys on the floor were just kind of hoping the game would end, you know, just wishing the game away and sitting on their lead, which, as we know, that's just no way to play against an aggressive team like Army. And the Army coach, meanwhile, said, they finally found their mojo, as you said, Wags, towards the end of the first half, which we noted, and we had, we said, we we commented that Navy has a tendency to kind of lose the momentum as they're going into the half with a big lead. And we watched this in a couple of games before, the last two home games. And so we just kind of made that a footnote because they were still up by 22 points. And we said, okay, they got to come out and set the tone right. At the beginning of the second half and in fact army set the tone by first putting the full court press into full action which completely seemed to rock navy's world and they they were not just doing the basics of clearing the ball and sometimes it was kind of hard to watch because one guy was trying to clear it and the other guys weren't even looking at it they were just making their way down down the court and this guy's an extremist you know and so not good with getting the ball. It always looked like they were just barely clearing the ball, even when they were successful. So so I don't know how much that they've practiced the full court press. And then part B, I heard the Army coach say, post up on D. And that changed everything when their center moved to the top of the key. And now that just changed their defensive scheme and we were lost. And suddenly it's like what was graceful, smooth movement, unspoken rhythm in the first half became point and awkward, you know, inaction and the same thing that, that tripped us up with the Lehigh game. And that was all she wrote.
0: So let me ask, I mean, even after a terrible second half, um, they go into overtime and, and they're up, right? I mean, they were up by three. It seemed like they could have pulled that game out but it was almost like overtime was cut into two halves where they they started the overtime period strong and then they faded at the end as well. Is this a, is this a player issue? Is this a coach issue? Is this just, you know, they've hit a, a rough patch over the last couple games? I mean, you guys are there. What emotions are you feeling from this team? Right. Well, first of all, I mean, the press was
1: absolutely what turned around the game. And an interesting little point I will make is that Jimmy Allen – said that Army normally presses off of um, made free throws. Uh, I mean, he explained that they don't always press off of made baskets. They started pressing full force every single time Navy inbounded the ball, which is a little bit of a departure for Army, but they had to. They were trailing by so much, they just, it was their only hope to press. And here's the quote from Coach Tujelis. We just took turns throwing the ball away to the other team. We had 20 turnovers, and most of them we had no defense for because they are in the backcourt. We turned the ball over and gave them layups or open looks on the perimeter, and that was our demise. We just coughed the ball up. Guys are jumping in the air and throwing the ball to nobody. And then later, when I referenced, you know, hey, offensively, it looked like you were, you know, tossing the ball around and running down the clock with no intent to score, and his Reaction to that was, uh, let me get the quote here. Um, All of a sudden in the second half, we started playing at the bottom of the shot clock clock because we weren't cutting, we weren't screening, we weren't moving the ball. We started dribbling the ball way too much. And then, you know, I pointed out that it did make sense to use the shot clock as much as possible because you did have the clock on your side. Um, But the fact is that their offense was stagnant. And he said, we weren't trying to milk the clock we didn't say, let's take the air out of the ball and shoot late in the clock. That wasn't the plan at all. Well, somehow the, what the coaching staff wanted wasn't getting translated to the court. And the bottom line is it didn't get fixed. Now, with regard to your overtime comment, yes, Navy, it was almost like a new life. I mean, everything fell apart in the second half. Army got total momentum. and momentum. Navy was actually lucky to get to overtime because Army had a chance uh, to make a bucket at the very, very end. And the guy missed they banked it off the backboard and it so they army had a chance to win in regulation but yep navy was up in overtime and the play that really stands out to me they're bringing up court greg summers the point guard throws it over to john carter in the wing and carter immediately throws it back to summers who's not even looking because that's not the play i think he started to cut you know you know he wasn't supposed to get the ball back they're supposed to run their offense and so the ball goes out of bounds, and Carter's looking at Summers like, what's going on? I really don't know who was at fault, but it was awful. It was ugly. Just threw the ball away. Well, It was a possession that had just started, and Av had just gotten the ball over midcourt and hadn't even you know, initiated the offense. And then the Army, Chris Mann was the kid from Army who really played a key role down the stretch, Chris. He made two free throws, and that made the score, I believe, 73-72. And on the next possession, Army pressed, as usual, Tyler Nelson got the ball in his hands, and he drove up court, got it across midcourt, and was great. It's like, okay, you cleared the ball. But then for unknown reason, he jumped in the air, got himself hung up, didn't know what to do, tried to throw it over to Carter, but it was a weak pass, a soft pass. Chris Mann picked it off, threw it ahead to Jalen Rucker, their outstanding guard, the sophomore out of Baltimore, Maryland, and Gilman rucker makes a layup and that was the winning basket. 75 74 and then of course we know navy had a chance at the end summers drove to the basket and their six foot ten forward came from behind blocked it and that was it it was five tenths of a second left and you're not going to get a bad point
2: one point one seconds left
1: right well they actually they they ended up putting time back on the clock were that they 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 did okay i missed that that was what the uh was they they put a new another four tenths right, and just so that people understand why this is important in college basketball, if there's less than three tenths of a second, that means you can't catch and shoot; it must be a tip. Um, they put time back on the clock and made it five tenths of a second, which meant Navy could pat uh, catch and shoot, but they didn't even try to catch and shoot. No, they just they, they
2: just batted it. It was a volley. Yeah, swat. they threw the ball up to yeah. Tyler, Nelson, and it and didn't it even hit. hit the backboard.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'll throw it back to Ward, but, you know, I have a quick question for Chris, because, you know, we're at the game and we're watching this unfold. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I'm tweeting. So a lot of times I've got my head down, I'm typing. But Chris from television, why was Navy having so much trouble with the press?
0: It just looked like they had never seen it before. I mean, I know that's not the case, but it it was like they were completely surprised. Um, That along with... They just look like a different team. You know, John references in the loss to Colgate and the loss to Lehigh, where, um, you know, he said they had long faces and, you know, looked like they they just didn't have the energy that they have at the beginning of the season. That's very much what it seemed like on TV, especially as they would go to breaks. They'd show uh, the guys faces and they I mean, they just didn't look like they were there. Um, I, I think both of you are right. I mean, I, I think their thought was is that they could just kind of four corner, you know, run the clock out and 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 they'd be able to win. Um, and obviously, that wasn't the case. My question is now moving forward. I mean, you have a a shitty game against Colgate, a not so great game against Lehigh, a a huge you know letdown in the second half yesterday where does this once sort of mighty looking team, where, where does it go? I mean, you, you know, is the NCAA and a Patriot league uh, tournament victory? I mean, is that still possible or are, are they in real trouble?
2: I guess, let me just say that's the test of a team, right? Cause right now my answer would be it's over, right? I mean that, although we still have the N-Star Army Navy game at Army next month um, and some other key game, I mean, the season isn't over, but, I, I we're seeing a tendency here as we've all kind of talked around it, but it just comes down to it appears that this team can't close, you know? And, and so how they get to that reality, sometimes they have a massive lead that they blow. Sometimes they're down and they, you know, claw their way back only to lose at the end. Um, but it's the, the sort of steely-eyed, as you said, Chris, on TV, long faces. I think there was kind of this, oh, shit, in their eyes midway through the second half, you know? And I, it's interesting because you mentioned wags that they were dribbling too much. You may remember I came over to you to wags. I'm like, they're dribbling too much, you know? Just put the ball up. And sometimes they'd have this inside-out flow where you'd be, you know, Daniel Deaver did this a, full time, a couple of times. He put the ball on the floor under the hoop, and then instead of taking it up, so A, don't put the ball down, just go up. And secondly, he'd, for no apparent reason, flow it back out, only to have the guy miss the three pointer. Right. So I don't know if that's intent or if that's just um, not quite sure what to do with the ball, like you just described the inter inter between Greg and and John Carter. Um, it, It just looks indecisive, random at times. And then in the first half, it was so, I mean, I was like, damn right. This is the team we were talking about. This is the team we love just owned it. Physicality like our house. It was so awesome. And then that just completely, it's like attitudinally they're just like, yeah, we're not capable of that. Um, so I, I don't know the answer to the, the question, Chris, but I will tell you that this has got to be a tough morale sump. This, this, You know, now they have a stat that's like the worst blow up ever in the history of Navy basketball. So it's kind of like what we were talking about, about the football team going into the Army-Navy game. It's like, okay, the only way to salvage this season is to beat Army. And they did it. And that did set an awesome tone going into the postseason. No doubt. Now, I think the only way for Navy basketball to get over this is, well, let's start by beating army in the n-star game that would do a lot to make us forget what just happened but we're going to have to get you know i don't want to say win out but if we're going to make if we're going to win the patriot league and we're going to make it to the ncaa's we are going to kind of have to win out you know and and so i don't know if that's in the cards but it starts with if what we're seeing in wags's article is true meaning the dynamic is the coaches are like don't blame us and it is on the players, and that means their attitude when things get tough, then we've got a huge problem. You, you look at the post-game report, both in the overtime, pre-overtime and post-overtime, and all Wags and I can do is shake our heads. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> um, so well, It was know. terrible to watch on TV. I can only imagine what it was <laughs> right.
1: like to well, be there
0: in I'm, person. I used
1: the word in my lead of my article, devastating, and it is. It was truly devastating, and this is going to be hard to get over, but they've got to get over it. Um, they are still in the mix of the Patriot League. They're up in the top tier of the standings now. They've fallen out of first place. It's now Loyola they tied for Maryland. third,
2: right? Yep, Loyola tied for third.
1: Army yeah. are tied atop the standings now at six and two, and uh, Navy has fallen into a third place tie with Lehigh at five and three. But they are still up there, and uh, they've got to turn it around. And um, obviously, the biggest problem here is at home. They now have lost three straight home games against Patriot League opponents. They now have a losing record at home. It's completely and totally unacceptable. You can't. You got to protect your home court and try to steal a few on the road. Instead, it's Navy's protecting the road and trying to steal a few at home. That's not the way it works. So, but they they have got to turn this around. Whatever disconnect is going on uh, has to be corrected and fast, or this this season will go south. Um, they have a good team. I mean, this is a good team, and that's something Coach Tachellis did say. Yesterday, I still believe we have a very good team. We got to get this figured out. We got to play better at home. Um, We got to play complete games, obviously, and that's what I have spent all day trying to figure out how Navy found a way to lose this game. Because, as word reference, they were playing so incredibly well, and they twenty-seven point lead at home. You got over five thousand fans there that are partisan Navy fans, I mean, everything was going Navy's way. How Army turned this around and completely changed the narrative of the game is still befuddling me. And, I mean, right now I'm sure the Navy players and coaches are still shell-shocked about what happened. But starting Monday, they got to flush this one, put it behind, and go forward because there is still a good amount of Patriot League season left. And as, as mentioned, if they can get it together and play the way they have at times of season, they can still compete for the regular season championship in a high speed in the tournament. And like you, word reference, beat Army in the star game at West Point, And that'll uh, be payback for what happened uh, yesterday.
0: Well, that's the road forward. Um, they, uh, you know, the first step on that road is is against Bucknell on Wednesday. We will be back um, to break down that Bucknell game, as well as to bring you uh, athlete and coaching segments on next pod, which will come out uh, Thursday afternoon. Rags Ward, thank you very much uh, for uh, for joining us. Uh, for John, I'm Chris. We're out.